Hey there, it's me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, that redheaded actor from Modern Family. I have a podcast. It's combining a couple of my favorite things, talking and food. Please join me as I dine with the biggest names in entertainment, people like Julie Bowen, Kristen Bell, Fred Armisen, and so many more. It's called Dinners on Me, and you're invited. Am I saying a chocolate souffle is going to get me to reveal all of my secrets? Yeah, I am. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning from Wilmington, Delaware. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, November 11th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. President-elect Joe Biden said here yesterday that he is hoping to name several cabinet-level nominees before Thanksgiving and he downplayed the difficulties that his team is having amid a lack of cooperation by Trump in the transfer of power. Biden said that Republican leaders who aren't acknowledging his victory are mildly intimidated by the sitting president, and he said Trump's refusal to concede the election is an embarrassment. Speaking to reporters here for the first time since declaring victory on Saturday night, Biden sought to show that he's hard at work. He spoke at the Queen Theater here in Wilmington, where his team made every effort to project power and authority, He stood before a large blue screen displaying the words, Office of the President-Elect. Those words were also mounted on his lectern. And his team has fashioned a custom quasi-presidential seal that shows an eagle over the number 46, a reference to the fact that he will be the 46th president come January 20th. Biden has now received more than 76.3 million votes, about 5 million more than Trump. And that margin is expected to widen as more ballots are counted in Democratic states, including California. Biden said yesterday that he has not yet spoken to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, though he noted the two have a longstanding relationship and experience making deals with one another. He said his hope is that they'll talk in the not-too-distant future because he wants to bounce ideas for potential nominees off of him to see who could get confirmed. Republicans control the Senate, and depending on the outcome of two runoff elections in Georgia come January 5th, will probably keep the majority in the chamber. Meanwhile, Biden's transition team released a list of 500 names of people who will form the backbone of his preparations to lead the federal government, with experts assigned to study every agency. The Biden teams won't make formal contact with Trump appointees and the career staff now in government because the outgoing administration has not yet released transition resources and allowed access. However, transition officials stressed that they're working through informal back channels to learn what's really going on inside, talking with think tanks, labor and nonprofit groups, and those who previously served at the agencies. Notably, President-elect Biden tapped proponents of stricter Wall Street rules for his agency review teams. Many of these new advisors are veterans of the Obama administration and have played vocal roles pushing for tougher oversight of financial services companies. They include Michael Barr, who was a senior treasury official during the passage of the Dodd-Frank law in 2010, and Leandra English, whom Trump ousted from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau during a messy power struggle. Also, the first ever second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, announced that he will sever all ties with his law firm, DLA Piper, before the inauguration to avoid any conflicts of interest. What a contrast with the incumbent. Meanwhile, leaders from around the world continued to call Biden yesterday to congratulate him. He spoke with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, and Irish Prime Minister Michael Martin. The calls were not coordinated with the U.S. State Department, as would be the typical practice, because a Trump appointee is refusing to sign a piece of paper acknowledging that the transition has begun. Privately, though, Trump advisors are acknowledging that Biden's certification is less a question of if than when. 
Amy Gardner, Tom Hamburger, John Swain, and Josh Dossi report that Vice President Pence gave a presentation to Republican senators on Capitol Hill yesterday about new litigation they're planning to file in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia, and he implored them to stick with the president. But even some of the president's most publicly pugilistic aides and allies, including White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel, and advisor Corey Lewandowski, are telling people privately that they don't expect the lawsuits to succeed. Trump met with advisors in the Oval Office on Tuesday afternoon to discuss whether there's a path forward. A person with direct knowledge of that discussion said the president decided to keep fighting, but understood that it's going to be difficult. This person said, quote, he's all over the place. It changes from hour to hour. The six states where Trump has threatened to file lawsuits continue their march toward declaring certified election results in the coming weeks. And last night, a Pennsylvania man recanted his allegations of ballot tampering. Richard Hopkins had claimed that a postmaster in Erie, Pennsylvania, instructed postal workers to backdate ballots mailed after Election Day. This was cited by Lindsey Graham, the Republican senator from South Carolina, in a letter to the Justice Department demanding a federal investigation. Attorney General William Barr, citing Graham's letter, subsequently authorized federal prosecutors to open probes into credible allegations of voting irregularities a reversal of longstanding Justice Department policy that says those investigations should wait until after results are certified. But now Hopkins, who's 32, told investigators from the U.S. Postal Service's Office of Inspector General that the allegations were not true, that he made it up, and he signed a sworn affidavit recanting his claims. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.